just a short teaching series on prayer, and uh, I used this video, and uh, I love the skit guys. These guys are, uh, they provide, there's some lots of silly uh, video vignettes, and then uh, some, they can quickly turn the corner into something that just is really uh, full of truth. Uh, for the for where we're living life. So uh, as we get started this morning talking about prayer, I want you to watch this. My prayer life is vibrant and it's active daily. <clears throat> I like to commune with God at nighttime. I get under those warm covers and I kiss my wife goodnight and I just start talking to God, just me and God, tell him everything. <clears throat> Makes me just sleepy just thinking about it. And there I am, just laying in bed, <coughs> laying out my request to him, and he's hearing me, and I know that I'm in good company with him. Where was I? The efficiency of one's prayers are directly congruent to the position of one's body. Therefore, the legs should be saying... God, help me. <laughs> Amen. There are times that me and God do not talk, and that is not God's fault. That is mine. I just get so busy. And so when I do end up talking to God, I really just try to impress him, give him a show, just to show him how much I love him. So excuse me, will you, as I pray to God. Oh, Heavenly Father, oh, Heavenly Father, beseech me not unto thee. How now, brown cow? Oh, thy soul is so dry, and if I can just catch a morsel of who you are, so verily, merrily, down the stream. God, I, I just want to be used by you. God, I want... I want to be salt and light and light salt and sight and lulled and peppers and oregano and pepperoni and black olives and those little bit. When I like to get my prayer on, uh, there's some things I keep in mind. Um, I think it's totally awesome that uh, God is like Santa Claus and he wants to give you the things that you want. Therefore, you need to keep lists of things. My list currently has 745 prayer requests on them. So then when I go to the Lord in prayer, it looks a little something like this. I'll just pray real quick. Um, let's see. The uno thing on my list is my mom. And so I'll pray for her now. Dear Heavenly Father, I lift up this sweet salt of the earth lady that you have blessed me with to be my mother. And I tell you thank you. And although I know that I'm called to respect her and I give her all due respect, there's also an issue of something she truly needs. And that is to stop a yapping. Lord, she yaps. And she doesn't know how to stop yapping. So could you please make her mute just for a day? Nothing permanent. Don't hurt her. I love her. Just mute her. Take your big God remote and push mute on her channel. That would be great. Henceforth, I would go on and pray all 746 things. Yeah, so I don't know if you saw yourself there at all, but uh, yeah. 
Uh, we're going to start a new series this morning uh, on prayer, and I'm pretty excited about this because we, we're going to, this topic I think is pretty universal. I think it's something that we all can identify with somewhere on the spectrum. And honestly, it hasn't been that long since I spoke on the subject, but I think I did a whole series on it, uh, I don't know, maybe three years ago. But in teaching that series and then tweaking it for, um, to, to share with teenagers a little bit later, I, I found myself addressing some things in there and having lots of conversations about the things that I'd said. And, uh, and I just found myself asking questions and discovering fresh answers. And um, it seems that I'm having conversations all the time on this topic. And so just to be crystal clear, I'm no expert on this. I haven't got this figured out. After being a Christian for nearly 40 years and growing up in the church and going to seminary and being in the ministry for 26 years, sometimes I feel like I know less about this subject than I ever have. I mean, just about the time I think I have figured out some aspects of this, I realize there are more things I haven't even gotten my head around and maybe haven't even thought about when it comes to prayer. Some of you, uh, some of the conversations I've had with you, uh, some of your questions and your insights and your observations have stretched my thinking on this. So I thought it would be good to come back to this subject. So that's what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks here on my Sundays to teach. We're going to talk about prayer. We might even be intentional about giving you opportunities to put the things we're talking about into practice right here in this setting on Sunday mornings. Because I I tell you, this winter and spring and our experience with Greater, with the youth worship gathering we created in collaboration with our friends from a handful of churches, in those four gatherings, we basically had four elements to our evening. Lots of music, a little bit of teaching, some guided time alone with God, and group prayer. Where teens would get together in groups of three or four and pray with one another and for one another. And for me... Those prayer times were so moving just to watch our teens stretch themselves beyond their comfort zones and to reach out to one another, encourage one another in prayer. Here's the deal. Almost everybody prays. Almost. Almost everybody. And you can study this historically, you can study it sociologically, but it seems to be a basic human tendency to be drawn towards prayer of some kind. And if you go back and look back through centuries of human history, uh, there's never been an atheistic culture. There's something ingrained in the human soul and the human mind to ask the question, is there a God? And if there's a God, is he personal? And if he's personal, can I communicate with him? So even if you're not in church regularly, you're here today because your mother dragged you. Oh, happy Mother's Day, by the way. Uh, whew, nearly missed that one. Uh, or maybe a friend brought you this morning, or you swear you'd never be part of a church, and you've got so many questions, you've got so many issues with God, you can't believe you're even here this morning, but you got you to go to brunch, so here you are. There's a fairly good chance that at some point in your life you have prayed. It seems to be a universal human behavior. According to Gallup, a study done just last year, it came out last year in 2015, only 14% of all Maine residents attend church at least once a month. I'll just repeat that. 14% of all Maine residents attend church at least once a month. 65% never or rarely attend a church service. Nationally, regular church attendance is at an all-time low. That's not me trying to be an alarmist. Uh, It's just the truth. And this is according to a study released by the University of Chicago a year ago. Nationwide, only 40% of people say they attend church at least once a month. 80% of those who attend church regularly say they pray at least once a day. That's no surprise. 80% of those who attend church say they pray at least once a day. But even among people who attend church less than once a month, or maybe not at all, 54% of those pray at least once a day. 
James Martin, who wrote uh, Jesus, A Pilgrimage, says that prayer is intensely human. Even if you don't like your local church options, you can't get away from the human instinct to pray. So yeah, everyone, almost everyone prays, but almost everyone is frustrated with prayer. And you're probably thinking, are you allowed to say that? Like, we're in church. Are you allowed to say that on a Sunday morning, 10 o'clock? I mean, I've, I've thought it, but are you allowed to say it like from the podium? Uh, out loud? Because I know I'm supposed to love prayer. I mean, I know I'm, I'm a, a Christian long enough. I'm supposed to just love it. You know, a sweet hour of prayer kind of deal. And I'm supposed to pray every day. And I'm supposed to be comfortable praying out loud with people. But I'm frustrated with it. And I've gotten to where I, I don't even really see the point half the time. And yeah, it's difficult. But just so you know, even as a, as a pastor, I get pretty frustrated with prayer. People come to me and they're like, can you pray about, you know, all kinds of things. And I swear sometimes people think that pastors have a special number or a combination or the keys to the vault or something. Like we have a special combination of magical words. Like somehow it's a password and with the right combination of words, it's, it's written in invisible ink on the diploma hanging on my wall. One of those kinds of deals. Like we're the only ones who have the code. So can you pray, pastor? If you pray, man, we don't, we don't have that secret code. Uh, and I get frustrated with prayer too. So I've been thinking about this subject, and I've done a lot of reading about what people have to say about prayer. And a couple weeks ago, I created an online survey, and I asked you to, to weigh in on your thoughts and your experience on, in your personal prayer life. And, uh, man, and I just gave you lots of opportunities there to kind of fill, do some multiple choice and then to give us some uh, just open comments on that. And I'm curious how many of you took part in that, because I don't know who did it. But we had a, a decent number. It was really pretty cool. I wanted, I wanted to know what your experience in your prayer life and what that's been like. It was an anonymous survey, and I've had people say, well, I want to explain what I wrote. I'm like, I don't know who wrote what. So uh, I got some honest, uncensored feedback, which is cool. So here's what we discovered. I'm going to give you some of the results. Um, this is what we discovered about prayer. When we asked you how often you pray, this is what you said. said rarely, 5% said a few times a month, 20% said a few times a week, and 24% said once a day, and 49% said several times a day, and then there were some explanations of what that looks like. Uh, I asked you what word or what uh, phrase, whatever, best describes how you feel when you are praying. Here's what you said. 13% said deeply connected. 53% said connected. 11, it sounds like a political survey. You somewhat agree, somewhat disagree, kind of maybe, maybe sort of agree, disagree, and maybe you don't know. Anyway, deeply connected, connected, not really connected. 17% say disconnected, and 4%, 2% said empty, and 4% said frustrated. <clears throat> the main reason you pray. <clears throat> this is what we got. 2% said not sure, I just pray. <laughs> Feel free to identify yourself. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> 11% said, I'm supposed to, so I pray. 13% said, I'm hoping God will do what I ask. That, I think, is a really low number. You didn't believe that it was an anonymous survey. 16% said, to get to know God better. And 48% I said, I love God and praying uh, is part. And pr- pray. pray. That's what it says. Pray is part of my relationship with him. And who typed that? Then I ask, what best describes how you feel when you are done praying? So you've prayed, you're moving on with your day. 4% are amazed, that's pretty cool. 74% said peaceful, and 22% said no different. Then I ask you to choose any of these frustrations that are true for you. And I'll tell you what, 
these are some common frustrations. And some of you really went the extra mile with your input and really provided some insight into your frustrations about prayer. And I can honestly say there have been seasons in my life that, have been, that prayer has been pretty amazing. Um, but I can identify with every single one of your frustrations, too. And here's what I've had to say, or what you had to say about the frustrations that you've had in prayer. And these aren't necessarily in any particular order, just kind of in the order that I processed them when I saw the results. So number one uh, common frustration was, I'm not sure anyone is listening. You're just not sure. And this is true of Christians, and this is true of non-Christians. And you're praying, and you're thinking, am I just being foolish? Is this just bouncing off the ceiling? Is anyone listening? And I tell you what, sometimes I feel that way too. Now, in my head, of course, I, I believe that all the things that we teach about prayer are true, and I've had times of incredible connection with God in prayer, but there are moments and there are seasons where I wonder, because I just don't feel like everyone, anyone is listening, so I don't know if you've, if you've ever been there, you're not alone. Number two, frustration was I don't feel like I know how to pray well. I mean, I don't know what to pray about. I've got like 30 seconds of material, you know, because you get your list out, and it's like one, two, three, four, five, there, done, now what? You know, there, I took 27 seconds, and I guess I'm done. And you hear these, you know, really spiritual churchy people talk about how they went to a prayer meeting, and they prayed for hours, and they prayed all night, and they went to a retreat, and they prayed all weekend, and you're like, what do you pray about? What does that look like? So you're like, I, I, would, I would like to pray, I just don't know what to pray about, and I don't think I pray very well. And there are times when we kind of run out of material, you know, and we're like, okay, I, 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 am I even praying about the right things then? I got nothing to say. Am I saying the right thing? Is, is this even the right way to say this to God? Number three, third thing I identified is in the past, I've felt closer to God when I prayed than I do now. It's kind of a discouraging place to be when you think that your best days are behind you. And when that applies to your spiritual journey, um, that's a really frustrating place to be. You're feeling disconnected and even on the days when you're believing completely, the doubts, uh, and maybe the doubts have taken a back seat, you might still feel disconnected when you pray, and you might feel like prayer isn't necessarily moving you closer to God. Number four was interesting. This is kind of just an ad lib on there. It, said, uh, it showed up a couple times that you have a hard time focusing. I have a hard time focusing. In the social media age, when you've got nonstop texts and notifications and whatever, it is hard to focus. You're having trouble right now. And we stop to pray and we get distracted and we forget that we're, what we're even going to pray about and we lose our train of thought and we don't even know what we're saying anymore because it's just so hard to focus. And number five was it's repetitive. Now, depending on the tradition in which you were raised, the tradition that you uh, practice, prayer can be very repetitive. Uh, maybe in your tradition, you used to get your prayers assigned to you. You know what I'm talking about? You need to do this many of these and this many of those. And you do some Our Fathers and you got to do some Hail Marys. And maybe you used to pray the rosary and that's, that's just quite a commitment. And maybe you were assigned certain prayers in a prayer book. And uh, even if that isn't your tradition, uh, you basically have this set prayer that you pray and you say it over and over and over every time you pray. It's like you've written your own prayer book. Number six is that it's either too formal or too casual. Because some of you were raised in a very structured church setting and prayer. I mean, that was the guy up front in the robe or the collar. I mean, that's his job. That's the pastor's job. It has to be somebody who went to seminary. You've got to have that guy pray. In fact, over the years, we've been criticized for not praying enough in this setting. And what people mean is the professionals don't pray in front of the crowd while the crowd is expected to somehow stay engaged and listen 
And pay attention and don't let your mind wander while someone else prays. Uh, but what, what most people don't know is that uh, before any of our Sunday services even start, there have been several people gathered in at least a couple different prayer huddles to pray for our time together this morning. And that happens when nobody else really even sees it. It happens every Sunday. But to some people, prayer has to be led by a trained professional or it doesn't really count. Um, but at the same time, when this is true, it becomes very formal. The other side of the frustration is that sometimes it's too casual because you know those people. It's like, hey, uh, God's my buddy. He's my, like my main man. You know, he's, yeah, we're really tight. We just hang together. And I tend to think he's a little bit more than that. I think he's our friend, but there's a respect component too. So what form should that take? How can I keep it from being too formal without overcorrecting and being too casual? Number seven, this one showed up a lot. This is the most common among people who gave us extra comments. The whole praying out loud thing. You, you hate this, apparently. <laughs> and I know from being around church long enough that one of the most awkward experiences in church life is when you're with a group of people and somebody's taking the lead and they attempt to lead a group prayer time you love those? And the leader is just determined to wait for the first person to pray. And everyone just sits there. Start with your eyes closed and you realize you've dozed off. So now you're just staring at the floor. And you know, in that awkward silence, I've actually kind of become a fan of awkward silence. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> sometimes you're in that setting and you're like I'm tempted to pray because I can't stand the silence anymore but, uh, but you're afraid because you're so uncomfortable the idea of praying out loud and you don't know what you're going to say and, and you might start reciting you know who knows nursery rhymes or something you've been in church for years and years and as soon as you start to pray you're, you're going to know you're going to sound like a complete newbie and people are going to judge you because it's what we do in church and the silence is just getting so awkward and finally the leader gives in and prays and you've survived another group prayer time <laughs> You know, ever been there? Yeah, I know a lot of you have been there. All right. This is, uh, oh, I don't know what we're thinking half the time. This is a common fear, even among the people in this room, obviously. And since we're all about growth and stretching beyond our comfort zones, what we like to do, what we're going to do today, before I'm done, we're going to get into groups of six, and we're going to pray out loud. So you don't seem to believe me. This is a, I'm just kidding, we're not going to do that, chill out. This is a, this is a big deal to a lot of you, because you just don't feel adequate. Because you don't feel like anyone ever really taught you, and you're just not comfortable with it. So, we'll talk about that. And then number eight, I uh, was feeling like God doesn't answer my prayers. Like, I don't know, God doesn't seem to answer my prayers. I feel good in the moment, I feel close to Him, I feel connected, I feel at peace, I feel like He really heard me, but then nothing. Because some of you, most of us, have prayed for things and nothing happened. We prayed that some situation would get better. Instead of getting better, it got worse. We're going to talk about that a little later in the series, so I hope you hang with us. Some of you have prayed for years for very specific, unselfish things, and nothing happens. Some of you prayed for family members when they were sick, and not only did they not get better, they died. And you're like, well, I feel like God doesn't answer my prayers. That's why I don't pray anymore. And for... Christians, it's not like we don't believe in God anymore. We're just not convinced that he listens when we pray. 
Um, there were a lot of uh, great unscripted responses in this survey, in those open boxes at the end of the survey. So I want to share some of these comments, and some of them were great. Um, this is what you had to say. Here's one. I pray when I don't know what else to do. When I've exhausted every option that I can do myself, I still try to control things in my life, paths I take, and the way my life is affected. And when I get to the point that I can't, then I pray. Great feedback. This one says, it would help if it was clear to me how God is answering prayer and working in my life and the lives of others, regardless of the answer. So you're not even saying, I would like to know, I want God to answer my prayer the way I want it answered. I just like to know that he's doing something. Here's one. I pray because I know I'm supposed to. I pray because I care for those I'm praying for. I pray because I know prayers are powerful and they are answered. I pray because I want to talk with God. I pray as I go through the day, um, not necessarily as God says, as in spending time in a quiet secret place. I pray because I feel like I'm hanging by my fingernails. This one's great. Okay, be real. What do I do next? After all, how many prayers have gone unanswered since the beginning of time? We'll work on an answer on that one. I want to feel connected so badly, but I get too distracted. That, or I feel like I'm talking to the walls. This one said, I'm not a Christian, so I know praying is pointless for me. I don't, we can talk about that, too. But sometimes I do it anyway. Sometimes I talk to God through my journal. That still counts, right? This one, I feel when I pray silently, and it's just between God and I, that I'm completely open and honest, and He knows my heart. Praying aloud, however... Or praying for with somebody, I feel inhibited, and I'm sometimes more concerned with what that person will think rather than having the focus on God and knowing He'll take care, take me as I am. This one says, Sometimes I think, why should I pray? He's just going to do what He's going to do. <coughs> Ever wrestled with that? Oh, but then He does something amazing and let me know that He cares about me. <laughs> this one says, It makes me feel very emotional. I tend to cry while praying. Well, you should probably stop that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> This one's great. Sometimes I whine at him. Sometimes I repent of my fear and distrust. Sometimes I beg. Not often enough, I express my appreciation of creation and the people around me. This one says, I know it's powerful. I've just never experienced it personally. It's almost as if God blesses me in spite of my sucky prayer life. (laughs) I like that. Imagine that. (laughs) This one says, prayer is one of the most frustrating parts of my walk with God. I don't understand it, but I wish I could experience a closeness with God that I've heard other people describe. This one says, my prayer tends to sound like, uh, my prayers tend to sound like a one-sided conversation with a close friend. I feel God is listening as a friend would, but I worry I'm marginalizing his awesomeness by being so informal. There's that too formal, too casual thing. This is a big one. If God is sovereign, any sentence that starts with, if God is sovereign, just sit down and take a breath, because... God is sovereign. He's already decided the outcome. What difference does it make if we pray? What what difference does having a bunch of people pray for something make? How does that make any difference? Like there's a certain amount of prayers that will change God's mind on letting cancer take someone, for instance. Yeah, if we just have enough people pray. For some of you, this is not just simply academic or theological. It's very personal because you've lived this and you did have a lot of people praying and the cancer didn't go away. And medical science didn't do the trick, and God didn't perform a miracle. And the cancer won, and the person you love died, and prayer didn't change that. So this is not, this is where we're doing life. Here's another really good comment. Why do we pray for God's will? Isn't he going to do his will anyway? 
Does he need our permission? You ever, ever heard people say something like, well, maybe there is no God, and if there is, maybe we can't really communicate with him, but you know, humans are just better off if we talk through our issues, even if it's in our own minds. So prayer is just a form of self-therapy. It's kind of like the new age guy there. Maybe by processing through it in my mind, progress is made, and maybe God isn't even involved. I mean, if there is a God, and he doesn't appear to be involved anyway, so prayer is basically a way to work things out on your own by thinking and talking to yourself about it. So, so what's the purpose of prayer? And why, if God really wants us to pray, why is prayer so frustrating? Why is it so mysterious? Why is it so hard to access? Why do only a few people ever seem to get to that place where they enjoy prayer? And why am I kind of left behind in this thing? Prayer is just one of those big subjects. And if you've hung around church at all, some of you have been around church for a long time now, but you'll hear Christians say, well, you know what? Prayer works. Prayer works. Well, how do you know it works? Because I prayed, and you know what? My sister, she had cancer, and the doctor said it was bad. It was terminal. We activated the prayer chain. Don't ask. And we all prayed for her, and we had so many people praying for her, and just like uh, overwhelmed the doors of heaven, and she went back to the doctor, and the cancer was gone. Prayer works. And you know what? I didn't have a job, and I prayed, and my church prayed, and my friends prayed, and everybody I know on Facebook prayed, and the job opportunity came along, and I got the job, and I didn't even have the qualifications, and I got the job. Prayer works. So some of you are are sitting there thinking, uh, well, that's nice, but I did pray, and my loved one didn't make it, and the cancer came back, and I did pray, and I'm still underemployed, and I prayed, and we're still struggling in our marriage, and it's hard for you to process, because some Christians walk around all smug going, prayer works, and they do seem to get their prayers answered. Doesn't that bug you? I just want to smack some people. Like, just don't (laughs) tell me about it, okay? I'm happy for you, but I don't want to know about it. They just seem to get all their prayers answered, and, you know, and I don't get it, but well, then... Obviously, I don't know how to pray then, because you got the secret combination. Apparently, God loves you more than he loves me, because I've been praying about this for a long time. My life isn't going the way I hoped it would go. And when people say things like prayer works, it just makes you think that you'll never figure out how prayer works, and at least you'll never make it work for you. I think there's a core belief at the heart of everything that we've been talking about so far, and maybe a core belief at the heart of how you think about prayer. And it kind of goes like this. What is the purpose of prayer? This is what we want to unpack over these next few weeks and the purpose of prayer. And I think for a lot of us, we think of prayer as a button to be pushed. It's just a button to be pushed. Here's what we're going to do. Everybody, let's gather together. Let's get in a circle here. We need to get this person out of the hospital. We need to keep everybody safe. We need more money for this. We need to get this person a job. We need this relationship to work out. We need our kids to turn out all right. So we're just going to get together here, and we're going to push this button. And if I push it the right way, God is going to do what I want him to do. Oh, by the way, God, here's my list of things that I want you to do. And we push the button. And I'm not even talking about trivial stuff. I'm not talking about your wish list. I'm talking about stuff that really matters. I'm talking about stuff that is near and dear to your heart. You're praying about life and death matters. But you're thinking prayer is a button to be pushed. And if you've ever been around groups of people at church, this is how the church has approached prayer, that, you know, oh, we'll just pray about it. We take the heaviest things and we're just, oh, yeah, we'll pray about that. I'll be sure to pray for you. And if you, you don't get the answer, it's because you're not pushing the button right. Or you're not good enough to push the button. Or this is... This is a big one, so the pastor needs to push his button because he's got the magic button there somewhere. If we're really honest about how we've approached prayer, it's way too easy for us to think that prayer is a button to be pushed. And I think that explains why some of us don't pray. 
Maybe the reason you don't pray or you don't pray a lot or you don't put a lot of stake in prayer is because you don't need to pray a lot. You've got a good job. You've, you, everybody you love is in good health. Um, school's going well. You have some money left at the end of the month. Your relationships are great. Life is pretty good. There's no need to push the button right now. And if you only think of prayer as a button to be pushed and you're moderately successful and your life is free of any significant crisis, you won't pray because you don't have a lot to ask for. You don't have any pressing prayer requests. So if prayer is not a button to be pushed, what is it? I want to suggest to you today that prayer fundamentally is not a button to be pushed. Yes, there's a place for prayer requests. There's a, there are genuine needs that need to be poured out to God. But if prayer is not a button to be pushed, if it's not that, and I know this is going to be mind-bending for some of you, but if it's not a button to be pushed, I think prayer is a relationship to be pursued. It's a relationship to be pursued. It's not a button to be pushed that you just got to, got to get it just right. It's a relationship to be pursued. There's so much more to prayer. There's so much more to prayer than that's actually accessible to you and me. You don't have to go to seminary to get this. In fact, I would recommend you don't. You don't have to be a part of a church prayer team. Uh, there is so much available to, to us in prayer that we just miss because it's so relational. It's a relationship to be pursued. When you're like, well, Todd, that's great. That sounds very you know, kind of theoretical and maybe theological. Well, have you ever pursued a relationship? Some of you are here right now because you're pursuing a relationship. I see it. So someone dragged you here, you know, well, if we're going to date, you've got to come to church with me. That kind of deal, and that's fine. God can even use that. Uh, you've pursued relationships. You've had those people in your life that you wanted to get to know better. And you're like, no, I can't think of it. Like, you're sitting next to your spouse. Hello? Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Here's a question that um, I don't know if you've ever asked this question of yourself, and here's a different way of thinking about it. And this is what we're going to explore. If prayer is a relationship to be pursued, what if God is pursuing you? Maybe you're pursuing God, but what if God is pursuing you? What if he's actually also pursuing you? We hear church people all the time say, you need to have a relationship with God through Jesus, but what if God is pursuing a relationship with you? C.S. Lewis said that Christianity is the only religion in the world about God's search for humanity, not just humanity's search for God. Most of the world's religions are about how do I find God? How do I get to God? What is he like? How can I find him? And if you go and study ancient civilizations, you see that people are like, well, we don't even know that there is a God. It's been a really, really long time since it rained and it's really dry and we have no crops and we're all dying here. We need it to rain soon. So they would sacrifice things and animals and people and they'd mark up their bodies and go through all kinds of antics just trying to figure out how do we find God? And when we found him, how do we connect with him? That's a universal human instinct. But Christianity tells a different story. Yes, people are looking for God, but what if God is also pursuing us? What if he's pursuing you? What if God is that personal? What if he cares about us like that? Christianity tells a story that creator God, father God is pursuing you. And that he loves you so much that rather than condemn us for the failures and the shortcomings and the sin in our lives, Rather than condemn us, he saved us from it. And Jesus came not only uh, to teach, and he was a brilliant teacher, but he came to live and die in our place to bring forgiveness of sin, to bring new life. That's God's pursuit of you. So yes, you're sort of pursuing God, 
maybe barely pursuing God, maybe hardly pursuing God, but what if God is also pursuing you? And what we're going to do for these next few minutes is we're going to go back to the most famous prayer ever prayed, and you, you know most of it by memory, maybe not, but uh, I'm thinking you probably are familiar with it at least. Maybe you grew up saying it every day in school, depending on your school experience, and you, maybe you grew up hearing it every week in church. Maybe you're familiar with it. You can't quite quote it from memory, but it's the most famous prayer that Jesus ever prayed. Because it, and because it's really familiar... The temptation is to dismiss it because you're so familiar with it and there's probably, you don't think there's much in there that you can learn from it, but I want to take some time to look at it from a fresh perspective and so to look at the, the context and hopefully discover something new for each of us as we kind of use this morning as a springboard for the rest of this series. So if you have your Bible or your Bible app, uh, this is Luke chapter 11. I know you thought we were going to Matthew 6, I just threw you the curve. Luke chapter 11, uh, verse 1. Luke 11, verse 1. I'm just curious how many of you in this room grew up in church settings where you recited the Lord's Prayer on a regular basis. Let me see. Oh, all right. You know where we're going. Verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. So already this is kind of weird to me because Jesus is praying. Doesn't that strike you as weird? Does it ever strike you as weird that Jesus is praying? Why would he need to be praying? Well, there's this relationship between God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And that's a completely different teaching series, which I, of course, have mastered the concept of the Trinity years ago. So I will teach that with, to you sometime soon. Uh, just as simple as a visual aid and some things on the screen. You'll have it down. No, it's a really mysterious uh, kind of and mystical kind of concept uh, for us. But it's a completely different deal, and I'm not the one to teach it. But there's a relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are in relationship with one another, and they communicate with one another, because that's what you do when you're in a relationship And you're like, okay, that just melted my mind. But Jesus is talking with the Father. It's the same way if you have a friend or someone you care about and and you just talk with them and you communicate with them. It's the dialogue. It's what keeps things going. So Jesus is communicating with his Father. He's communing with the Father. And this is where intimacy comes from. It comes from connection that comes through communication. So Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples, so these are the guys who have been following Jesus around. Some of them are semi-religious. Some of them are very steeped in religion. But it's clear to them after watching Jesus pray, and they're like, okay, I guess we don't know how to pray. We don't know how to do this at all. If that's prayer, we don't know anything about this. We thought we knew how to pray. We knew the button to push. We just didn't know. I guess now, I guess we don't know how to pray. We thought we had it figured out. But obviously, look at him. Listen to what he's saying. We don't have a clue. One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said, sure. Verse 2, he says to them, when you pray, say. Now, this is the most famous prayer in the Scripture. It's the most famous prayer ever prayed. It has a name. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Um, And we're going to take it section by section over the next few weeks and hopefully breathe some life back into it because this is a prayer that for a lot of us lost its power somewhere along the way because it became so uh, routine and ritual and tradition and just recited over and over. Prayer is not to be recited. And it became repetitive. And so we're going to look deep into this prayer that actually has incredible life. Um, So this is from Matthew 6 and Luke 11. Here it is. Let's put it on the screen. Father, hallowed be your name. And you're like, already, what does that mean? Just hang with me. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then we added this part, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 
And this text that we know as the Lord's Prayer is actually the combination of two texts from Matthew 6 and Luke 11. And it's a prayer that I hope over these next few weeks that you will familiarize yourself with or maybe re-familiarize yourself with. Let yourself go there. And if you're resistant to going there because it sounds too much like the church tradition that you grew up in and that's not positive for you, and not all tradition is meaningless. Some traditions are rooted in the truth of Scripture, and these words from the Lord's Prayer are lifted right out of Jesus' teaching on prayer in, in these two passages from the Gospels. So I just want to encourage you to kind of go there and spend some time there. And depending on your church tradition, you may or may not have added the, the doxology at the end, the part that says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. If you grew up Catholic, you didn't include this part, right? And if you grew up uh, in a Protestant tradition, you grew up thinking that Jesus actually said these words, and he didn't. There's a history behind why this was included in the Protestant tradition to begin with. It dates back to the 4th century, and um, we don't need to get into that. Here's where I want us to, this is what I want us to take home today, as we kind of just open the doors. It's very introductory. You're not going to get a lot of content here today, obviously, because you're still waiting for it. But here's what I want you to take home as we launch this series. Prayer is not a button to be pushed. It's a relationship to be pursued. And this week, what I'd love for you to do, this week... Pray to God daily using the Lord's Prayer as your guide. Pray to God daily in the name of Jesus using the Lord's Prayer as your guide. Oh, and I just said in the name of Jesus, and you're like, well, what what does that have to do with anything? Do we have to say that at the end of the prayer? Is that what that means? It's not exactly what that means. Uh, Jesus didn't end his prayer with in Jesus' name. Well, no, he didn't, because when you're Jesus, you don't have to pray in Jesus' name because you're just praying. (laughs) But if you're not Jesus, this is how Christians pray. I mean, we pray in Jesus' name, which means that's what, it's his name that gives us access to the Father through the name of Jesus. Oh, and you can pray in Jesus' name without ever saying in Jesus' name. (gasps) So just use the Lord's Prayer as your guide. For the first week, this might be, you might be terrible at this because it takes about 15 seconds to recite it, uh, but I don't want you to recite it. But maybe initially all you're going to be praying is just the words that you're familiar with. That's all right. Just pray using the Lord's Prayer as a guide and see what happens. And in the next part of the series, we're going we're to begin to break it apart and section by section look at the meaning behind these familiar words that we've recited, that we've heard recited. Uh, and the words of the Lord's Prayer can be used as a springboard into a prayer life that will really move you away from a button to be pushed and into a relationship to be pursued. Because here's what I believe. I believe that God is pursuing us that God is pursuing you. Whether you're pursuing God or not, God is pursuing you. And for those of you who are pursuing God, isn't that awesome news? To, to the idea that he's going to come running to meet us? Isn't that amazing that the God who created the universe might be pursuing you and he might actually know your name? So prayer above all things is not a button to be pushed, but a relationship to be pursued. So this week, I'm going to leave it up to you for the next couple of weeks. If you're, if you're daring to pray this prayer, this prayer, pray the Lord's Prayer. Use it as your guide as you pray it in your own words. And in a couple of weeks, we'll begin to unpack it piece by piece. I'm going to go back and we'll show you the rest of this video that we opened with this morning. This is Tommy Woodard of the Skit Guys. And um, they, they have such a way of, of turning the just turning a corner and giving us some real practical truth. He, I think he really shows us what it might look like to pray using the Lord's Prayer as a guide. So we'll watch this, and then we're going to worship together. God, you are greater than anything this world has to offer. And I can't wait for you to come back and get us. But until that time comes, would you help me just to 
just to live my life day after day as if I'm just walking hand in hand with you. God, I, I have a lot of needs and I have a lot of wants. <laughs> and sometimes I get those things confused. Help me to just trust you to meet my needs and be thankful when you give me those other things that I just want. God, I have blown it so many times today and I'm sorry. Thank you for your forgiveness. I don't take it for granted. And God, as I start this day out, I, I'm just reminded that this world is filled with so many spiritual potholes. Please help me to walk in such a way where I won't stumble so much. And as I'm going through this day, God, help me to live my life in such a way that would bring you glory and honor. May the life that I live be a life of worship to you. Amen.